888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. I'm on the line with Connie Albers from ConnieAlbers.com, who spent much of her adult life representing brands, building platforms and organizations, and speaking across the country. She's a respected leader and trusted mom who understands the challenges of balancing the demands of life and work. When not speaking, she devotes her time to writing, consulting, and building her latest venture of inspiring and equi- equipping women in their callings through Equipped to Be and her blog, ConnieAlbers.com. I brought her on here because I heard her speak on the topic of securing speaking contracts and was so impressed that I thought I'd bring her on here to talk about how to launch a speaking career with your blogs. This is something that I enjoy and I know that many of you enjoy too, so that is what we're going to be talking about today. Connie, Connie, welcome. How are you doing? Hey, Leslie, thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be on your show today. I'm doing great. Awesome. I'm glad to have you on here. Uh, And just for everyone that's listening, this is episode number 253, and you can find detailed show notes about everything we discussed today at becomeablogger.com slash 253. Now, before we get into the show, of course, we have to hit you with a quick tip. So let's transition to that segment right now. All right, Connie, I know you have a quick tip for us. This is where we share a quick tip that can have an impact on your business, make your life a little easier or even a lot easier. Connie, what do you have for us today? Well, Leslie, my quick tip today is just that each of your listening audience really know their season and know their timing, what is best for them and what's going to fit within their business model and within their family. So they want to be really carefully considering each decision and each opportunity that comes across their path as they seek to endeavor on building their speaking platform and getting their message out to the masses. I love that. There's a time and season for everything under the sun. With that, let's transition to our interview. Okay, so I'm, I'm reading your bio here, and it says you spent much of your adult life representing brands, building platforms, and all this good stuff. So I'm curious, is this something, uh, that, that's your adult life. So as a child, is this something that you, you saw yourself going into? Like, was this a part of the master plan from, 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 from when you were a young kid? <laughs> You know, it's funny. I never thought about it until I started crafting a few different presentations and working on a writing project. And I realized that my passion for speaking and communicating with others goes back to the second grade. Second grade. Wow. I know. I had been rummaging through some old papers and I came across a report card that I had from Mrs. 
Federer, and I will never forget <laughs> this woman. But I was just in second grade, and everybody, when they get their report card, they want to see what grades they have, which is normal, except for me. I wanted to see what did she say about me on the back in that little comment section. And so that is where I kind of started to realize that's where this passion of communication be, was birthed. She said, Connie is a very good student, but she talks too much. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, you know, most kids would be mortified that their parents would, you know, either reprimand them or the teacher would, you know, you know, sit them in the back of the corner where they couldn't talk to anybody. But what my parents did was pretty brilliant. They saw that and they fostered that and they mm. encouraged me in communication. Now, I will say they also taught me <laughs> there is a time and place to talk. And when the teacher's talking, I probably shouldn't be. But, you know, I just wanted to make sure everybody was doing okay in the class. And, you know, it went from there to me getting involved with theater and performing music. I was a pianist. I was a singer. And I just always wanted to make people, to lighten people's mood, to entertain mm. them, to equip them. And so right after right after I finished school, I took a job at Walt Disney World. Okay. And so from that, I ended up in the guest relations division interacting with guests. And I think, as most of your listeners know, Walt Disney World is the number one vacation destination in the world. Now, is that what you started doing when you um, first started at Walt Disney World, or did that come eventually? No, that came eventually. I started off, you know, in the operations telling people to watch their step all day long. <laughs> And so that wasn't very challenging for me. I got kind of tired of it. And I really wanted to interact with people. That mm. is what um, kind of drove me. So I started working in that air, in that field, and I became one of their trainers. So I used to work with all the cast, well, not all of them, but I used to work with the cast members and training them for their new role as a cast member, which is a big deal for Walt Disney World because their brand is customer service and making people have that experience as Walt Disney World, you know, has said he wants this to be the happiest place on earth where families have fun together. So when you're taking these new, you know, cast members and you're trying to give them that magic, you know, that Disney magic, you have to really know how to bring out that best in them when they're not having a good day. Mm. So from there, I ended up going over and starting to work with VIPs and dignitaries, celebrities. Um, that was, that's where I started finding my sweet spot of working in that field with people directly and, so, so, and, and so that's I, kind of where it took off. I'm curious then, did you, when you went to uh, college, did you study like communications or PR or anything along those lines? Communications and PR is really where my passion lied, you know, just really articulating gotcha. a message. Um, and then at a ripe, very young age, before I was even 20 years old, I had decided um, I was going in that direction. Um, after I was working there for a little bit, I decided with with no prompting, no coaching, nothing, I was going to try out for the Walt Disney World ambassador job, which was the prime position for, it was the brand ambassador. It was the one person that represented Walt Disney World. And so, you know, here I am going through these series of interviews with, with you know, really no training or coaching. I just <laughs> went for it. Um, I figured, what could they say? No. Uh -huh. um, 
So I was excited. I had made it into the top 10 out of uh, thousands and thousands of applicants. And that one, I did not make it. I did not become the Walt Disney World ambassador, but I became an ambassador for the company. Mm. And at that point, then I just started traveling and I would do interviews, TV, radio, uh, you know, up and down the Eastern Coast um, representing Walt Disney World and bringing the Disney magic to millions of people around the world. <laughs> That is so. Yeah, go ahead. The rest is history from there. That is so awesome. Okay, so you're doing this. How long were you doing this for? I was with them for four years. Um, My husband and I left uh, the Orlando area, and when I went, uh, we moved to a different city. I then wanted to get involved with Estee Lauder. I had been doing brand and imaging. So back before it was branding, it was called imaging, where you would take a person and you would help them create their look, their sound, their message. And so I would work at different modeling studios with models, with um, speakers, with um, just a variety of people. And Estee Lauder was kind of the next great move for me because with as a woman, I know so many doubt that insecure, they're not pretty enough, they're not this enough, they're, There's that's always been there. Um, not smart enough, I don't have the right job, or I don't have this, or I don't have that. So from Estee Lauder, I was able to start doing a lot of ladies' um, functions, whether they were professional or retreats, and kind of helping them make that connection between inner and outer beauty. Um, And so I did that for many years. We started having children, and then I shifted into another arena of communication and public speaking. So it's always been something that I have done at seasons. You know, when I say that tip about knowing your season, you you don't lose it. Um, You just have to know when it's your time and where you need to point your your message and who you're going to influence. All right. So you said you had kids. How many kids do you have, by the way? Well, I guess they're not kids anymore, huh? I know. I do have five. Five. We had five in seven years. So now all my children are 20-something. Five in seven years. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to be the amateur in the room. I have one. <laughs> and let me tell you, for those of you that don't know, one is a lot of work. All right? So I'm just going to imagine that five is a little more work than one. Is that correct? <laughs> uh, just a bit. It's kind of like a zoo, maybe. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so when you had five kids in seven years, were you still working, doing similar things during that period? Um, I took time. There were seasons where I would take time off just because there were a lot of children. <laughs> and I, I spent a lot of years pregnant. And that was great. That was wonderful. So there were times when I would kind of step back. I, I wouldn't travel. I wouldn't travel as much. I would do local. Mm-hmm. Um I was starting into a different field at that point, and so I started coordinating events and speaking at events. So then I used my event planner background and started coordinating, okay, well, this is what speakers do, and this is how a speaker effectively communicates to an audience. What does the event planner need? Mm. So I spent 10, 15 years doing events, all types of events, from um, board meeting setup to uh, just general association meetings to conferences to five-day events with multi-elements um, to those for 15, you know, 15, 17,000. Um, so I started learning the ins and outs of the event planner side. Okay. And then I would be part of being a vendor. And I started learning what is a vendor 
need. And as the years have unfolded, I've really started taking all of those components, the event planner, the vendor, and the speaker. All of those equal what's going to impact your audience. And how does each one of those play in the world of a speaker, and especially for your audience, um, how does that impact them? What insights do they need to know in all of those cater- in all of those realms that will make them more effective and maybe even get in the door a little better and, and sooner? And and have you been working with speakers as well, or is it more so from the vendor event planner aspect? No, actually, I have been grooming and coaching speakers for many years. So uh, I will help them develop their message. I will help them develop their platform, their look, their style. I will help them then craft uh, the social media. How are they going to take their message and apply it in each different field? So, for instance, one company that I had, they were they were really kind of having an internal implosion. And so one of the things for the last seven years I've been focusing on is uh, rebranding and rebuilding and relaunching a company Mm. or a speaker Mm. because things fluctuate. As you know, in this industry, it changes year to year. We watch it. It's just moving rapidly. And if you're not up on what's going on, you get left behind. And so um, I will negotiate contracts for speakers. I will advise them what are the best conferences for them to get their their foot in the door and what's the best approach for them to get in there. Once they get there, that's only part of it because then they have to have an outcome from that. So there's there's multiple avenues, multiple faucets for this, Leslie, and I hope we'll be able to dive more into it as we, you know, yeah, let, inform and talk to your um, your listening audience. I think we got enough of the backstory. It was very fascinating. I feel like I know a little more about you now, so that's good. <laughs> so now let's dive into the how-to. I am a blogger. I, my yeah. name is Leslie Samuel. I'm a blogger. And I let's actually, let's say I'm just getting started or I've been working on my blog for a little while, but one of my goals is to become a speaker. I know we can't cover everything they need to know in such a short period of time, but I want to I want to give someone a framework that they can walk away with and say, you know what, these are the steps that I'm going to take. So if I want to become a speaker and leverage what I'm doing online to do that, where do I have to start? Okay, it starts with and I'm sure all of your bloggers are familiar with this book, but it starts with why. Mm. Why are you doing this? Are you going to get yourself into the speaking circuit because you want to travel? Are you wanting to get into the speaking circuit because you have a message that's really resonating with your with your online community and you would like to see it expand to face-to-face community? Or are you trying to expand your online community through the face-to-face? So, you know, you're either trying to sell a product, either you're the product or you have a product that you're trying to sell or maybe both. But that's what it starts with, Leslie. So they need to understand, well, they need to decide why they're doing this or be, be, be aware of their reasons behind it. It, it may be they want to travel. It may be they want to make some money. It may be they want to get their message out there and so on. But they need to be clear on that. Yes. That's great. Are you, gonna, are you trying to make money? You're trying to gain exposure. Got it, got it, got it. This is That's great because that's like one of the first things that I teach when someone is trying to learn how to become a blogger. So great, we line up there. Okay, so let's say I've made my decision. This is, these are the re- this is the main reason why I want to be a speaker. What do I do next? Okay, so the next thing you have to do is consider um, 
you have to consider who it is that you're going after. What's your audience? What's your target audience? Just like you do with your online mm -hmm. community. What's the demographics there? Obviously, if your demographics are a certain age, then you want to look for conferences that going that are going to target the, that particular age or that particular um, genre. For instance, you're in a money blogger, you're a frugal blogger, or you're in uh, education field, or you're in the political world. Um, you want to start doing some searches, finding out what is out there for your niche, what is who's speaking on that. And what are their messages to that? So you're going to have to do some research on the backside, kind of get yourself familiar with who your competition is and what they're saying. And then how do you, how can you break into that? So that's the first step. Okay, so we, we understand our why. We're, we're, we're trying to get clear on who we're targeting. And then based on who we're targeting, let's say I'm a food blogger, for example. I might look for different conference, conferences either for food bloggers or for people that um, are passionate about a certain type of food or whatever the case might be. And seeing what's out there, seeing who's speaking at these events, seeing what they're speaking about, just kind of getting a lay of the land. And it's just like in our online community, Leslie, it's about networking. Mm. It's about relationship. If you want to get anywhere, you're going to need to build some relationships. And those relationships have to be sincere and authentic. Um, as with anything else, you can climb quickly and you can, you know, kind of finagle a lot of things, but it won't have sustainability. What has sustainability, especially in the speaker world, is going to be the authenticity and the genuineness of your message. Are you truly speaking about something from a place of experience and knowledge, or are you just trying to get out there? Um, over time, that gets exposed, mm. and then, then you, you have a short life in the speaking community. So after you've done that, then you're going to be thinking about, all right, I found these particular events, um, whether they're local, and I always recommend starting off local because it's going to cost you less. Yeah. All right. And you're going to get your feet wet. So start finding out, contact your local chamber of commerce. They're a great resource. And not many people think about that, but start to get to know some of the folks in your chamber of commerce area. They know what's coming to your town. Okay, cool. So we're, we're, we're looking for these conferences. We're looking for events. We're, we're starting small, by look, relatively small, by looking locally, contacting Chamber of Commerce and seeing what's available in the area. And, you know, we're, we're getting a lay of the land, as we were saying before. And you said it's all about networking. So what kind of networking are you doing at this point in time where you're just researching these individuals and events and so on? Start doing use LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn because you can start you can start finding people that are in that area. Um, connect with them. Try to find somebody that knows them that will be willing to give you an introduction. Spend some time reaching out to them uh, through your own social media outlets. How can you help them? further what they're doing. Um, as you know, the more you give, that element is absolutely true. The, the more you give, the more you're given a two. And so when I talk about networking, I am not talking about usury. Mm. I love that. So I'm not contacting all these people saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm this great blogger and uh, you should have me at your event necessarily because that's what you can do for me. Instead, I'm looking, I'm flipping it around and I'm looking at it from the perspective of what I can do for them. Absolutely. And can you give me Absolutely. some examples of some yes. of those things where, you know, what value do I have to provide to these individuals that are running these events and so on? 
Okay, so that leads to the next point. Who are you pitching yourself to? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you find out the, there's all these wonderful conferences you want to go to, um, and you think you have a great message. You've kind of created your media kit. You've got your headshot. Maybe you've written a few topics that you can speak on authority um, for, and you said, okay, now I'm going to contact this event planner. All right. Some of the key elements to this, Leslie, is you have to understand who you're pitching yourself to. You are not pitching yourself to the audience. You're pitching yourself to the event planner. And that's critical to know. The audience is on the receiving end of your message. The event planner has a job to do. Mm. That event planner's job is to sell tickets. That event planner's job is to fill seats. That event planner's job is to have attendees walk away from their conference going, that was so good, I am coming back next year. That was so good, I have got to tell my 10 friends all about this. I, I love that. Now, now, let me ask this, because let's say I'm a, a relatively new blogger. I know my stuff, but I'm a relatively new blogger. I don't have a huge audience or anything of that sort. I can't bring... Or, or maybe in my mind, I don't know that I could bring people to fill seats or anything of that sort. What do I do? Okay, great question. Actually, when you're looking to do, you know, you don't have a big platform. And, you know, a lot of people think they have to have massive numbers. They don't. They have to have a really good message. They have to have a message that they know the attendees that are coming to that conference will truly mm-hmm. benefit from. There will be so much value from what they share that those attendees will fill out those survey cards saying, Leslie Samuel, his class, wow, it was the best that I have attended. Okay, so how are you going to do that? Well, you want to start off when you're thinking about entering in that relationship with an event planner. Let's just say you don't know them. Mm. You don't know them. You haven't met anybody that knows them. So you don't have any inside track. You're going to start off with just something simple. A very clean, simple, introductory email from you to them. You can usually find whoever their speaker booker, their speaker manager, their speaker director. You know, every event planner, most event planners have different tiers. So if it's a really big conference, you'll have somebody that specifically handles speakers. They know what they're looking for. They know the needs of their audience. Mm-hmm. Make your if you don't if you can't get a hold of the person in charge with booking speakers and all you can get is the event director's contact information. Very polite introduction as to who you are, the message that you believe would add value to their audience. Um, be honest. I've talked to more event planners, Leslie, and the number one thing is they want honesty. If you're not some big name person, don't try to act like you are because they're going to research you. I love it. So it almost seems as if, okay, if you don't have a small audience, quite frankly, do your research and, and figure out exactly you know, what topic you could speak about that's really going to resonate with the people that they're trying to get to fill the seats. Yes. And then in your email there, there's a fine line. And this is where doing some of your research. If you can, if you can find this person, locate them in either LinkedIn, find them on Google+, find them on Facebook, you know, wherever you can find them online socially. And a lot of event planners, you know, they don't put a lot out there because yeah. they are bombarded. And I will tell you, that was the event planners, your audience, hear me. You want an important tip. 
Remember, event planners are busy Mm. people. They need you to be on point, easy, easy to work with, sincere, understand the mission of their job, and to be honest and show that you are the right fit for their conference. I love it. I love it. Okay. All right. So we are right there. We have like a ton of tips and we could just like leave the interview and just be like, all right, we're good, but we're not <laughs> going to leave. We're, no, oh, no, we're going, we're going deeper. We're going way deeper. Okay. <laughs> because in your email, it's very important that you strike that right balance between being confident and your ability to add value to their event. Your confidence can easily cross this very fine line of arrogance. So we all tend to think that we can really do amazing things. You know, oh, man, our online world is growing. People are just craving everything that we say. Uh, And this event planner should know this about you. Mm. And they don't. Okay? They don't know that. So you want to go in humbly and letting them know they most of them have their own gatekeeper. So your event pe- your event planner is the gatekeeper to getting in, but they have a gatekeeper. They have a board of directors. Mm. They have a committee. They have a task that they're assigned to. And so they may be only the first line, but you got to get through them. Got it. And so if the more you can let them know that you're relatable and that you know what you're talking about, but that you are not um, some demanding ogre who thinks very highly of themselves, uh, that is a big, tr- that's a very big step in getting to the next level. I love it. Okay, cool. Uh, any more tips on that introduction email or, you know, getting to yes. know that person? Yes. So once you've made that introductory email, then just wait. Then just wait. So you want to include a little bit about you, short, keep it short, keep it simple, who you are, what you're doing, why you think you could add value, why you could add value to them. Because you have to remember, again, Leslie, I'll repeat this. Who are you selling yourself to, Leslie? The event planner. The event planner, not the audience. Not the audience. So you have to remember they, event planners, and I'll tell you right now, event planners, it is the sixth most stressful vocation in the country. Wow. So it's a tough, tough job. I was talking with an event planner yesterday in preparation for this because, you know, we, we can get in our niches and forget, you know, all, all your listening audiences, all they run the gamut. You know, you have all sorts of different um, folks that speak to a different segment of people. Mm-hmm. So I called a friend of mine who um, her primary um, event business is in the pharmaceutical. So she books speakers for these doctors. And one of the things that we were talking about is just the relatability and the fact that she needs you to understand she's busy. Don't bug her. <laughs> if you if you email an event planner too often, you can come off as most of your audience would know, desperate. Yep. You could come across as pushy mm-hmm. and inconsiderate. Mm. And Sometimes, to be honest with you, unless you are a really big name, they they'll pass on you. Yeah, 
because they're just not going to want to work with you. You just have to make them seem like you have to make yourself sell yourself that you are easy. You're going to be on top of it. If they ask you to write something, it's going to be in their inbox on that day. If you ask them to speak on something or you ask them to be careful not to say something, that you have developed enough of a relationship and a rapport of trust. Gotcha. So for your listeners, write that down. You've got to develop a trust and a respect between you and the event planner. Okay, so uh, a question on that then. You say, wait, don't be too pushy. Do you mm-hmm. follow back? I mean, follow up with them if they don't respond to you. And is there a certain amount of time you want to wait before following the, for following up with them so that you don't seem too pushy? Yes, there actually is, and unfortunately, because there, it, it really is so tailored, I can't give you a, a pat answer other yeah. than this. Yes, you do follow up with that event planner, and you follow up just with a courtesy email that basically says, "On X date." I sent you an email. I realize you are a very, very, very busy person. Again, you're acknowledging, I know you're busy. I get it. Mm. And don't be thinking, hey, lady, I'm busy too. Or, hey, you know, I'm just as busy as you. I may be more busy than you. That's not even the point. You're acknowledging that they're busy and that they probably saw it, but you're just sending a, a, a friendly reminder or you're just checking in to see if they had it, if they received it, if they looked it over, if they had any questions that you could answer. Um, again, very short. Make sure your contact information is on there. And you could even say, is there a time, take an action, you know, give an act call to action type um, in the very end where is there a time that you're available that we could discuss via phone or Skype or something like that? I love that. Okay, I want to actually step back a little bit because you mentioned something in passing that people may be thinking, whoa, 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 I I don't know how to do that. But you mentioned, okay, you're you're a blogger, you want to do some speaking, you have a media kit. Let's talk a little bit about this media kit. Uh, What is it, what goes into it, and those kinds of details? Okay, um, we'll touch just on the highlights of that, um, Leslie, just because your audience is so diverse. And I would would really have to get with your folks in a one-on-one situation to find out what is best for them. And I wouldn't want to give them, you know, wrong information and then have them shoot themselves in the foot, so to speak. So a media kit is basically your headshot. You want to have some usable, really high quality headshots, not something that you go out in the backyard and take where a tree's coming out the back of your head. Uh Um, You want high quality, high res images that they can use. They can see what you look like because as a speaker, um, oftentimes you say more words before you open ever open your mouth than you do um, through written communications. So they, you want to give them a visual in your media kit. Your media kit wants to give a little history about what they've done. Um, your bio of me earlier was just very short, sweet, concrete. You know, it, it left lots of room for question, but not a whole lot of clarity. In your media kit, depending on what you're going for, if it's a high-tech field, if it's a communication media, you say you're going for TV, you're going for a radio spot, uh, maybe you're looking to go into, um, say, a financial market or a medical community, or you're wanting to go before other event planners, whatever that is, um, you're, you want to tailor your media kit in a way that shines and highlights and showcases you. What is it that you do in a nutshell, you know, a few sentences that makes them see, oh, she, she does, 
she does X, Y, Z, he does X, Y, Z. Um, then you want a list of a few of what your topics are. You know, what, what areas do you speak on? Mm-hmm. Do you speak on uh, wealth management? Do you work, do you speak on, like you, Leslie, how to become a blogger? It's very clear. If I want to learn how to become a blogger, I get that from what you write about mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um you want to keep it short and simple. You want you can attach that uh, upon request, or you can send that out. Um, now in the tech field, you know a lot of times you can just send a PDF that's uh, one page that kind of shows your highlights with your image on it, um, your fields that you could talk on, and a little bit about your experience. You know, if you're in IT. What, what are some of the companies you've talked on? Another good one that event planners like to see in a media kit is where have you spoken before? Mm. And you made a comment earlier about what if I have somebody that's never been out in that area? Then that that's kind of goes into the whole next step, you know, uh, in, in the speaker world of getting your foot in the door. You know, you got to get past the gatekeeper. How are your, how is your message going to resonate? You know, a lot of times an event planner will take a chance on, on somebody relatively new to the speaking circuit. If they have a good rapport, if they can get on that phone and listen to them, if they have got any kind of demo of any sort of where they have spoken before, um, that's an important element. And for the, for the newbie trying to get out, just list, you know, set up monthly. I know uh, years back, Leslie used to do meetups. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you do meetups now, yep. but if you do meetups, just list, hey, I do monthly meetups. I do, you know, this or I do that and show where you've been, what you're doing. And if you haven't done much, then slowly start building on that. Um, so you have something to show that you have done something. All right. Good, good, good enough. I think that's good enough in terms of the media kit because there's so many other details that you could talk about with that. But that gives a general overview of what they need to be thinking about for that media kit. All right. So we are we're going back to what we were talking about before in terms of connecting with the event planner. So we've connected with them and... And, you know, we have made that initial introduction and they followed up with us and maybe we're in more dialogue. Where do we go from there? Okay. When they say, if, if let's just say they, they, they take a chance on you or maybe you've already got a great platform and they want you there because your message is so powerful. Um, typically, here are some common things that speakers ask for. An honorarium, mm-hmm. travel expenses, lodging, and meals. Um, some people will do per diem, but those are the primary things that speakers often ask for. If you are new to the speaking industry, you, you can probably pretty much consider yourself not going to get an honorarium. Um, and here's why, depending on the events that you're going for, if you're going for a, a medical, a legal type event, Let's just say you have a lot of knowledge on entertainment law, and so you want to be a speaker for a blogging conference, per se, Mm -hmm. and you understand where a blogger can get themselves in trouble. If you are established, then you will have a, a flat, probably a flat fee of what you can get paid. There's also what they call fair market value. Some event planners, they have to go by that. That's just industry standard, and they're not going to budge on it, take it or leave it. There's a dime, you are a dime a dozen, they'll get somebody else in your spot. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to think like that. If you are going for a nonprofit or you're going for other types of conferences, all of that 
is what I call your negotiation phase. You can, they can say, yes, we're interested in having you. What are your terms? Okay. So think about that. Uh, this goes back to our why, Leslie. Why are you doing this? Is, is it to gain exposure? Is it to sell a product or is it to make money? Now, obviously, you can make money by selling products. Yeah. You can make money by extending your reach and driving traffic back to your site, capturing emails on site. You can drive. You can uh, make money at a booth in a trade show. So whether you get an honorarium or not, you can start doing some cost analysis. If I go to X and they give me a booth, and I don't get an honorarium, but I get a booth in a good location, then while I'm at that location, they're going to have X amount of attendees. I know I'll get a certain percentage of those attendees who will need or want my service. And you start calculating that way, how can I um, price myself? So step back. I know I went deep. People are going, what? <laughs> so let's go back. A lot of times an event planner, they have a job, and that job is to meet a budget. They don't have extreme measures, uh, margins like a lot of people think. They don't. They run most, most conferences now on razor-thin margins for their budget. So their goal is to get the best that they can get within their budget. Your goal is to get the best that you can get that meets your objectives. You know, you're going to be time away from your family. You're going to be time away from your blog. Maybe you're going to be losing sales that weekend because you're going to be busy spending 14, day, 14 hours a day in a conference. Uh -huh. um, so when you're in that conference, go very carefully, remembering that they have a budget. They have a budget for how much they can pay speakers. Know that the competition is fierce. There are probably hundreds of applications to speak. Mm -hmm. So what can you offer them? that will make them tip the scales in your favor. One of the first things you can do is forego an honorarium in lieu of a great placement for a booth. Advertising through their um, publication or on their website. Um, certain places you would like to be placed on their website. Um, other aspects could be mentions in their emails. Uh, you know, when they send out an e-blast uh, that you could be mentioned there. I've even known some event planners that will take advantage of a, it's kind of they want to make it a win-win. They know you're trying to break in. They know their budget's limited. But here's what they're willing to do. Again, they like you. They like your message. They know you're not going to break their budget. So here's what I've known some event planners to do. They will write letters of recommendation for you. Those are like gold. Because then you're able to take that because you think about your resume. You're building this piece of your resume. So... You can take that letter of recommendation or that endorsement, and you can even say, this is kind of what I need, and then they'll craft that for you. Now you're able to take that to the next person and say, yes, I spoke over here. They don't know the terms of your contract. Maybe, they, maybe you paid for everything mm -hmm. for the opportunity just to be there, to have your name in that lineup. And, then, and, and so they'll sit there and say, okay, I will work with you. I will promote you within my network. Here is something I want all your listeners to write net down. Just like in the online community, this, the event planner community is no different. They talk. They talk amongst themselves. If you have been easy to work with, if you have if you have hit it out of the ballpark, you have you know surpassed their expectations of you. They're going to tell 
their event planner friends and their friends and other directors and on it goes and they will send out recommendations for you to help you secure future um, speaking opportunities. So kind of be thinking, you remember I went, going back, Leslie, to what I said, mm-hmm. network, relationships, authenticity, authenticity, sincerity, honesty. They will talk. I love it. Okay, so I'm, I'm just thinking about my experience because I've sp- spoken at a number of events and I've spoken at a number of, ev- of events where I've had to pay for everything. And it may seem as if, you know, that wasn't really a good deal. However, when I'm thinking about like all of my coaching clients that I have now that are paying me a significant amount of money, all of them have come from these speaking events. So it has paid me significantly to spend that little money up front to go to these events, to speak without an honorarium, and in some cases without travel, without lodging, without anything. I mean, not without it. I paid for it. <laughs> but <right>. the, resu- <laughs> the results have been significant to where that's a, a, a significant part of my income today. Yeah, so that goes back to, Leslie, know your why. What, what's your ultimate goal? Definitely. You know, some, some speakers, they just have a burning, you know, you've heard this before. There's other, you know, leaders out there that are saying this. But, I mean, this isn't new. It's been around back when I was at Disney. You know, we had an objective. And that objective was to make families have the best experience possible. Mm. Um, so there's nothing new in that. Going back to the why of what you're doing, um, for you, Leslie, I met you back, golly, two, three years ago. Yep. And I was just kind of, I, I was big in the in the corporate world, uh, building brands and not so much of the blogging because I was, I had built a social media. It was the first time it had ever been done in a, in a nonprofit world where I took social media enthusiasts, not experts, enthusiasts, and I trained them how to use social media. And in turn, they promoted the company that I was working for. Mm. The reason that I did that is the company was in decline and we had to turn things around financially. In nine months, that small little team of 13 had a significant impact and reach in their area uh, and field. I later took that exact same model that was created for that company and I applied it in the political arena. And it all has based on, you know, using social media, but this particular field was using volunteers. And it worked again. It's replicated itself at the University of Central Florida for political campaigns. So I I knew again, what my why was, what was I trying to build and establish? And each time I did one thing, it led to another thing. And for you, you've got these fabulous conf- these fabulous students that you're working. As a matter of fact, um, Leslie, I was on the phone with somebody the other day, and they were just praising you because they watched uh-huh. what you did with the work that you did, the information and the help that you were providing a, a young blogger that was desperately needing to generate income and under your tutelage, so to speak, their income more than doubled Mm. to a significant impact. And so that is a result of you giving, giving, giving to the point where now you're able to charge a fee, which back then you were just kind of breaking into that. Yeah. 
And now you've established yourself as one of the leaders in helping bloggers make a difference and generate income, whether it's for their influence or whether for their income. So you're a case in point of taking the same principles, applying them in your field, you apply to the speaking field. Well, I appreciate that. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, there's so much more that we can go into where this is where this is concerned. And I had some more questions that I was going to ask, but I think I'm going to stop there. Is there anything else that you, you're thinking to yourself, okay, I can't leave without telling them this? Is there anything else like that? Yes. One more thing. When you get that job and you have secured those speaking spots, give it your best. Give it more than your best. You make that audience, you deliver, you prepare your heart out. Get up on that stage, know exactly what you're going to say, know exactly what you expect your audience to take away so that when they walk out into that vendor hall or they walk out and they're talking with their other um, colleagues, they're able to, in a matter of minutes, say, this speaker spoke on blank, 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 blank. And they can recite your points because you were so concrete and clear in your message. I absolutely love it. Okay, so um, there's so much more we can go into, but we can't do it all here. But I know that you do offer some coaching and training. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's really exciting. Um, what I do is I only take on a few a year because I really want to see results, much like what you do. Yeah. You have to limit your time. Um, but what I help pair, uh, what I help speakers do in, in your case would be, all right, who's your audience? I help them really pare it down. They may know who their audience is, but I help them form the messaging to an event planner what their next steps would be, and then how do they, once they're on site, how do they work that? How do they, how do they make it a win for that event planner? What, how do they follow up with that event planner? How do they follow up with those attendees? And how do they ensure they get an invitation back to the next one? I love it. And if someone wants to get that kind of coaching, what do they do? They want to contact me at Connie at com. And we can uh, first do a phone interview is what I like to do first, just a phone consultation, and then we'll go from there. And so uh, I love it. I've, I only have a few that I'm taking right now. I'm, I'm quite full with some other projects. So uh, they, if they are interested in it, now is the time. We're in January. They need to be thinking about 2017, and now is the time. Connie at ConnieAlbers.com. Awesome. You know what we got to do now? We got to transition to some action steps. All right, so someone just listened to this entire interview. They got tons of value from it, and now they want to know, okay, let's, let's, let's go with some action steps. What do I do? What would you tell them? All right, let's first talk about what they're going to do. How long do we have here, Leslie? Just a couple minutes? Just a couple minutes. All right, so do the research. First step I want them to do, do the research. Start figuring out where their message would best fit with a conference or an event. It doesn't have to be a conference. It could be an association or a, a corporation. Then they want to figure out what products do they have that would fit that corporation that they either need to develop or they already have on hand that they that can be part of the negotiation tool, whether it's giving a product away or whether it's something for sale. Then they want to know, they want to plan out their, very, very strategically the impact they want to make they want to plan out how it's going to be thought-provoking and what is new and different to what they have that's going to be 
slightly different. Um, and everybody's always heard this. Uh, quit trying to be like somebody else because they're already taken. Just focus on being you and being absolutely at your A game and the best that you can be. Because you, as a speaker, you make an impression that's going to be long, long lasting. I absolutely love it. Connie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, Leslie. Not a problem. All right, guys, I hope you got a lot of value from... No, I don't hope. I keep saying I hope, but I know you got a lot of value from that. And if you want to check out what Connie is doing, ConnieAlbers.com. Of course, that and everything else will be linked in the show notes. Hey, I want to tell you a little bit about what's coming up next week, Wednesday at 7 a.m. Eastern, as usual. The next episode will be How to Build a Successful Blog as a Busy Person. Ha! That's a good one. I got a lot of questions about that. We're going to talk about how to, how to get it all done. We're going to talk about how to create systems so that it gets done well and how to even outsource efficiently and effectively. All of that in episode 254. This was episode 253. Becomeablogger.com slash 253 for all, all of the show notes and links and all that good stuff will be there. And hey, share this with someone. If you know someone that wants to be a speaker, tell them they need to listen to this episode and if you're trying to get a blog started so that you can create content inspire others and change the world while building your online business freebloggingvideos.com that's my free course and to take it to the next level and get group coaching and resources and courses and all that stuff bloggercoaching.com our members are loving it and i know you will love it too so that's pretty much for it for this episode. This is Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. <laughs>